He's either about to be one of the biggest deals of the 2018 draft or another cautionary tale about selecting a player who is rumored to have character issues. What's up, addicts? Welcome back. On the evening of October 26th, this is episode 29, and we are celebrating a victory over the Dallas Cowboys. Episode 29, podcast 29, fellas. Phil, what are we going to call this guy? Well, we could call it the Mark Murphy pod. We could call it the Sam Shade pod. But I think we're going to call it the not Darius Geis pod because the team won on Sunday and we're not going to be beating on them. Damn. <laughs> Bird. That tip, Ellie sucks for that line. Bird, yes. <laughs> Citation. <laughs> Lawrence sucks. All right. Yeah, man. Victory Monday. We haven't had too many of these here. This is only our second one. And we are a half game out of first place, if I'm not mistaken. Full game. Full game? Half game. Half, half game. game. Two and five, battling for first place. That's crazy. That is just crazy. Anyways, it was, it was, I mean, any other year, I think we would be excited when we beat Dallas. This did lack a little bit of a, you know, I'm still kind of in shock. I'm not used to beating Dallas 25 to three. I mean, a win is a win any way you like it. Uh, it's probably hurting did our you, dra- draft stock a little bit, but. Did you know that that is the least amount of points we have ever held Dallas to in a Washington Dallas game? I did not know that. Wow. Kudos. Kudos. History was made yesterday. There you go. It was a, you know, initial weather forecast had it being pretty good. Then it weather kind of turned south on us the day before the, for, the forecast off rain. And it was a pretty crappy game. If you watched it on uh, television, you know, started out back and forth. Kyle Allen got us, uh, excuse me, drove the ball down the field. And then we had that terrible, terrible call of trying to quarterback sneak it in which you know they should have just gave it to barber or gibson to the outside but you know they turn around and then we get a safety right after that and then i feel like right after that safety the momentum just never came back you know i was getting a little bit of worried i think ellie said this in the chat but i thought dallas was going to turn it around i mean they they zeke they didn't really get zeke going um it just Things weren't falling their way. And then, of course, Andy Dalton goes down. Uh, Kyle throws a couple good passes to uh, Terry and Logan. Antonio Gibson rips off a big 40-yard touchdown run, and we ran the ball well. The defense played well. Uh, you know, harassed the third-string quarterback, and the rest is history. I mean, we completed the game. We dominated time possession 36-24 to uh, 23-36. 397 total yards to 142. Third downs were amazing. Nine for 15, they were three for 12. And we had no turnovers, which was, you know, really good. But we talked about this at the pregame pod. I mean, the defense was horrendous. And we clearly saw that we were horrendous. So, you know, that being said, uh, what's your guys' what's your guys' initial thoughts uh, on the game? Let's start with you, Ellie. I like the game. I like what the team is doing. I think anytime we take advantage of a team that we're supposed to beat is a sign of progress because we haven't always done that. Um, I like what the defense is doing. I think somebody said we're like the number four overall ranked defense. Um, I liked what we saw out of Gibson. Um, I feel like though McLaurin could have had an even bigger day yesterday. 
uh, than what he did. I mean, I think there were a lot of stuff left on the field. Um, I think Kyle Allen did what he was supposed to do against a team like that. It's a weird way to look at this, but it somehow feels like we we just left so much out there. You know, this team is getting beat by 50 points or not giving up 50 points, excuse me, on defense. And we got 25, 20 something. It, it just, yeah. I like it. We did what we were supposed to do. We took care of business. You can't be mad at that. But man, in order to be where this team ultimately wants to be long-term, we got to be a team that can put up those type of numbers that a lot of these other teams are doing offensively, but the defense showed up for real. And I feel like they took the throttle off a little bit at the end too. It'd been nice to ram it down their throats as Dallas, but their quarterback in, I guess they kind of went easy on them, but we got, we got three sacks on Danucci. I wouldn't say we totally took. Put no, off no, no. I mean like offense just kind of just turned into, oh, right, turn yeah, it was... hand the ball, be done. No more creativity. No more even try, you know, just running the clock out. I, I get it, but it'd been nice to have one of those Belichickian moments where Brady's, up by 30 and Brady still throwing touchdowns, but it's okay. What about you, Phil? What's your overall reaction? Um, I like anytime, like Ellie said, so often we've gone against teams that we walked into the game thinking, you know, we should beat these guys. They aren't that good. And we played down to their, to their level. And we didn't, we went out, we stomped them in the first half and then just held the line and coasted the rest of the way to a win. And I like that. I like that uh, we finally fed a running back. We finally gave AG some shine. I've been saying this a couple of weeks, you know, I haven't been totally sold on the guy, but I felt that he's warranted a better look than what he's been getting. And he got 20 carries and look what happened over a hundred yards. Um, so I think that, that I, I like seeing that. I like that we got ahead in a game and we played like we were ahead. And that we didn't – we weren't content with a 9 nothing 9-3 lead. We got up to 22-3, 25-3. We, we pushed it to a comfortable lead. Uh, so I was very happy with that. I was very happy with the way the defense played. Yes, Dallas is not very good. In fact, Dallas is awful. But that being said, if you want to be a good team, the first thing you got to do is you got to start beating bad teams. You can't play down. You have to start, you know, not just beating bad teams, but dominating them. And I feel like that, you know, we did that. Could we have done a lot more? Sure. But uh, I don't know if uh, running up the score – on, on a team is uh, Ron Rivera style or not. I don't know. Um, we know Gibbs got accused of it a few times. He, he loved to, to run up a few extra points on division rivals. But uh, I don't know if that's Ron's style, but I'll take a 22-point win any day of the week. So Yeah. All right. Well, let's go flip the script on that one, and let's go right back to you, Phil. What is your immediate, immediate overreaction Monday feeling after this game? Um, that we may have a winning record in four weeks. Yikes. Can I tell you why? That's my immediate overreaction. Now I'll come off of that. But let me tell you why. Do you know what the next four weeks look like after this bye? It's, it's a pretty easy schedule. Giants, 
who we should have beat last week. We should be three and four when we lead the division, by the way. But nonetheless, Giants, Lions, Bengals. Hey, look, Giants, Lions, and Tigers, oh my. And Cowboys. So you get four teams who you – two of which you know you can beat. I don't, think, I don't, I don't think we'll beat the Bengals or the Lions, personally. I see. I don't think that. The, it, I don't think it's. It's I, to me, those are pickups because the Bengals have a terrible defense. Their offense is. Their bet. offense is great. Joe Burrow's figured it out. Their defense is terrible. But you hear what I'm saying? You, you've got our mediocre offense and their terrible defense versus their great offense and our great defense. By the way, we have the number one ranked pass defense in the league right now. So. Take that into consideration that we can beat all four of those teams. It's not one of those one million shots. And if we can build upon the more consistent play we've seen out of the offense in the past two weeks, the defense is playing better too. Guy Cole Holcomb and, and DeShazer Everett being in there changes a lot as far as our middle of the field coverage. Um, it's not totally unbelievable that after 11 games, we could be sitting at six and five. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Our franchise is known for blowing sure things. But if you want to go overreaction, um, I feel like that that suddenly becomes a possibility at least. Okay, fair enough. Ellie, what you got? Um, my overreaction is turnovers. Um, well, no, points off turnovers. Immediate points off turnovers. You know, something I, I'm noticing is our defense. Has our defense scored this year yet? I don't think so, right? Just, I, just I, that safety. Yeah. Just I, I, safety. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. Yeah, as, as good as the defense has been this year, we don't have defensive points yet. Um. Yeah. That's not really an immediate reaction to the game, but just something I noticed that I want to see change going forward. Um, and I don't know. <laughs> the immediate reaction, overreaction, I guess, is that Antonio Gibson is starting to come to form. And I say it's an overreaction because of how bad the Dallas defense has been all year. Um, hey, Logan Thomas is a pro bowler. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> it's when he played yesterday. It's, it's, it's hard to predict or how to say this because that team is really, really bad. Um, Phil, I, I, I don't know if I'm as confident as you are in those next couple of games. Like the Cowboys, I get, what is Andy Dalton? Is Andy Dalton this bad? He hasn't historically been, you know? Why, why is he so bad right now? I don't understand that at all. But I don't know, man. Unless it has to do with the – the inner workings of that locker room, which we were talking about last week, you know, McCarthy might have lost a team and maybe, maybe not, but you're right. Andy Dalton has not been that good. He's always been a serviceable starter in some yeah. way, shape or form. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. I, my overreaction Monday is very similar to yours. Ellie is we have a running game. Oh my gosh. Remember overreaction is it's just immediate. You know, it's probably not true. It's too good to be true. And I, and I think it's, we have a run game when we ran for 208 yards. I don't think we'll have that many running yards again for the rest of the season, unless we play the Cowboys again, but that's all you want. That's all we ever said we wanted for Dwayne was to have a running game. A young quarterback's best friend is a, is a running game. You know, it helps you build, build off the play action. Things open up. The game slows down off the play action. And 
we've been screaming it since day one and we just haven't seen it. So hopefully, you know, my overreaction is we have a running game. I, it would just be nice if it's stuck. We have a bye week. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows how it goes. Okay. Let's do a uh, good, bad, ugly. Ellie, we'll go to you first. Uh, my good. I'm going to take the obvious Antonio Gibson. I think he was really good with the opportunities they were given the bad. I still think those secondary running backs are getting way too many carries for my liking. Uh, my ugly, oh, I got another good. DeShazer Everett yesterday broke up a pass in the end zone that was just an elite play from a player who's not generally thought of as being elite. Um, my ugly, I'm going to say, I still think it's ugly that we didn't score more against that terrible defense. And maybe that's just because the offense wasn't competitive on the Dallas side in any capacity. But I would really like us to see us put the foot down on teams like that because they – Theoretically, they still could have come back in the third quarter. So, yep. Okay, Phil, what you got? The good um, was the consistent movement of the ball, long sustained drives. Um, even if they didn't result in points, we kept Dallas off the field, uh, which is a continuation of the previous week. Uh, third down conversions. Uh, things like that, you know, between the running game and Kyle Allen not being anything spectacular, but being efficient. Um, those were good. Those are those are very good. And, and and seeing that is always encouraging to see consistent movement of the ball because that's how you win games. Even we had, I, I feel like we had to make third downs. I'll get to that in a second, actually. Uh, but this is kind of a good and a bad. The good is, is that we were convert. We converted heavily on third down i think it was 60 percent conversion percent when nine for 15 um the bad is that we went in the third down 15 times and we got to start finding ways to get more you know one or two more yards on first and second down every time we got into a lot of third and manageable which is nice you know we were a lot of 32 third and three stuff that you can run or throw out of and keep defense off balance but you'd like to see us get more first downs off of uh second down instead of going through in three downs, getting it in two. Um, so I think that's something that we need to work on, is her down number to about 10 or 11 games to 15. Uh, the ugly was Jonathan Bostick's hit. Um, I think it, – it, I don't think it was malicious. I don't think he was being dirty. I kept seeing that word. It was a dirty hit you know, all over every article that talked about it. I don't think it was a dirty hit. I think it was he got a little too aggressive. He, in his mind, committed to making that hit on Dalton and knocking him out. But I don't think he was trying to, you know, knock Dalton senseless or, you know, hit him dirty. I just think that he got really aggressive. And um, he went he 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 went for it and just had said, come hell or high water, I'm hitting this guy. And sometimes you get in that mindset, it takes a little longer to flip that switch to stop. And, I, you know, it's unfortunate. It was ugly. I don't think it was dirty or malicious or anything. But Bostic has to know the rules. And when that quarterback's in the pocket and he sees a linebacker coming, especially in the middle of the field, that quarterback is not going to try to juke that linebacker. Like Dalton's going to slide 10 times out of 10. And even though it wasn't a his intent might not have been dirty, the results were dirty. It, it, it's a dirty play. It was a dirty not. result, but I hate calling it a dirty play. I just think it's it was overly aggressive. Yeah, dirty to me means you're you're it, 
Vontae's perfect was dirty. Yeah. That was Dom, a Dominicansu. Yeah. And Dominicansu, dirty. Albert Hainsworth, dirty. Well, not with us. He was just rolling around on the ground getting dirty. Yeah. But what John Bostic did wasn't dirty. It was over aggressive and, and unfortunate. Okay. Well, I'm going to take a page out of Rod's book. Shout out to Rod. Shout out to Dev. I'm going to do the, the good last and on a positive note. I'll say the bad. My bad is the Jeff Bostick hit. So I'm not as you know critical of it as you feel making it a, an ugly. It is bad. But like Ellie said, he's got to know the rules and he's got to know situational football. That was third and long. He got hit way short of the sticks. He gave, I mean, your your defense is dominating. Live to fight another day, man. He's, I I know you said he's not getting suspended, right? Just a hefty fine. Is that what you said, Phil? I think that's what you said earlier today. Yeah, no, no, no suspension, just a hefty fine. Right. And so, yeah. And then the suspension was definitely warranted. I, I concur with what happened. So that's my bad. Ugly, I'm going to say the Dallas defense. No, I mean, I'm just kidding, but it's bad. It's terrible. <laughs> but the, since we're focusing on our team, the Washington football team, my ugly man is Dustin Hopkins. Week after week, this dude continues to just, yeah. I don't know. And his job is safe. I get it. He's eight for 12 this year, but he's missed some easy field goals. He missed a 44-yarder. But if this were a season where we were competing, those he missed some some points that really could have made some differences in some games. and. You know, you got one job, one job to do. So he's got to be better. And I'm waiting for his, you know, like Phil said, for him to turn the turn the corner and pick his game up for the rest of the year. So we'll see what happens. I, I'm not very happy with his performance this year, and maybe they'll move on from him in the offseason. But uh, good. Like you said, Ellie, no turnovers in the run game. That it's pretty it's pretty simple. That's that's really all you want. No turnovers, and we had a good run game. Keep it, keep it to basics. Uh, I was even smirking in the the beginning of the game where they even did like a old school Joe Gibbs counter tray with uh, Gibson. It didn't get much, but I was still screaming once I saw it. I saw the guard pull, the left guard pull to the right, and I was like, "Oh my god, you let's go!" You know, we never saw it again for the rest of the games. But I'll take what we can get. All right, now let's move on to. Uh, Let's move on to some game balls. We all got for game balls, and let's uh, let's go with you, Ellie. Uh, let's see, game balls: Gibson, um, Everett, and Holcomb. I've been Word. I've been as big a critic as Holcomb as anybody. I think he has his shortcomings. I don't think Dallas really tested him, but but with what he was asked to do yesterday, he was all over the place. You got to give a man his props when they're due, man. So shout out to Coco. Hey, Phil, this is being recorded, so Ellie has humbled himself. <laughs> Say what's up. Say word. All right, Phil. Game balls, what you got? Well, hey, I'm about to, I'm about to return the favor and uh, give a game ball to Antonio Gibson. Um, dude finally got – he got an opportunity to finally, you know, show us what he can do over a consistent level of play in terms of the volume he was getting. Um, you know, didn't do anything to pass game. You know, he didn't have any catches, which is funny because we thought that he was going to do a lot of that. But he got 20 carries, 20 touches. First time he's touched the ball 20 times in the game. 
look what happened over six yards of carry. And uh, as I was talking about last week, I mentioned that sometimes I like take out the outlier and see what happens, you know, and, and see if the numbers stack up. You take away his longest run of the game, he still has 19 carries for 88 yards. That's workman performance right there. And I think that's uh, – I want to see more of that. I want to see him used as that workhorse back. I also, you know, I like that pairing of him and Barber in the backfield as opposed to him and McKissick. I think Barber changes the pace a little bit more, whereas McKissick kind of plays a, a similar style. They're both speed backs, him and Gibson. And I think Barber, you know, just brings the lumber a little bit more than, than either of those guys. So sometimes you just need that. So, yeah, Antonio Gibson gets game ball. Okay. Is that it? What are yours? Mine. Oh. No, I didn't know if Phil had another one, but okay. Oh, I was only giving one. I, I was okay. Nice. Hey, it's cool. I gave it's four cool. last week. You did. You did, bro. That's okay. These, these are your balls to give away, so that's up to you. All right, I got two. First one is Cole Holcomb. My man was flying around all over the field. Did you see him light Zeke up on that blitz? Oh, my gosh. He, I mean, if he's going to play that every game, that's your starting inside linebacker. No question. I mean, he was, and he was having fun, too. So I just hope he can bring that intensity on uh, out of the bye week into the New York Giants game coming up. Because it would be nice to have him starting and then bring in Jeff Bostic's situation when you need to, when he needs a gasser or when he's gassing, he needs a breather. So Cole Holcomb, you get our game ball. You've been hurt most of the season. You came back. Proud of you. Um, I didn't realize he played faster than I thought he, he, he would, that he could. We saw him last year. He just felt, I mean, he just looked a little bit slower, a little bit short to react. Um, also had a little bit issue with angles, if I can remember, but he, he played well yesterday. One game. We'll see. That's, that's two good games because he played really well last week. He did a lot more in pass defense. I think he's part of the reason why Evan Ingram didn't go off like he predicted. So, you know, Holcomb changes the middle of that defense. So they, they play differently. Too soon to call him a, a baby Keekly yet? Way too soon. <laughs> Way too soon. <laughs> oh, no. This is coming from the guy who was saying baby mixing on a guy who had half his touches on reset. Well, in be clear, though. It's, it's a running back who's yeah. like the easiest position. A little, little bit easier. Yeah, that's true. A little bit easier to be running back than an inside linebacker. <laughs> I don't think he's ready to be the quarterback of the defense yet. Uh, Not yet. Oh, okay, second game ball. My man, Logan Thomas. You know, I really like him. He's struggled. This is his best game all season. He hauled in all four targets for 60 yards and a touchdown. And I don't know if you guys saw it, but the one uh, Kyle Allen just kind of threw a pass up out in the right, maybe, maybe 15 yards down the field. And he just went up and got it yeah. to me. That was his, his best catch. And that's what you wanted from him from a six, six two forty guy. That's what you want from him. And he hasn't done it all year. And that was the first game. So, and it was national tight end day in the NFL. So I figured, Hey, why not? So yeah, why not? He gets a game ball. All right, let's move on to some random uh, miscellaneous talk. Uh, Phil, I know you wanted to talk real briefly about the um, the broadcast team, so lay it okay. on us. Lay it on us. All right, so uh, I hate doing this uh, because I don't have anything against the people in the booth. But if they're listening, fame are listening, some constructive criticism, okay? I watched the game last night on replay I, I recorded it but I had to listen to the game on the team 980 app 
on the way back from Nashville. Um, there is, there's too much, there's too much going on in the broadcast. Too much chat, 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 chat. I understand it. You don't want dead air. You want to keep people engaged. But I had no idea what was going on on the field half the time, except for after the tackle is made, he tells me, oh, you know, Gibson off the right side for three yards. Okay. Was he, you know, it'll say, you know, somebody takes a snap, hands it to so-and-so. Was he in gun? You know, do we have two receivers wide? Which direction are we going? Are we going right to left, left to right? None, none of the stuff that radio is, is an art form. You're painting a picture with words. You're, 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 you, and you have to treat it as such. This the way this broadcast went was much more appropriate for a television broadcast. It was not being done like a radio broadcast. And it was annoying because I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I'm listening to this game trying to picture what's going on. Wants to know what my, my team is doing. What are those asshole cowboys doing? And none of that. There's just a lot of, you know, Bram telling us that, uh, oh, you know, ball's incomplete. Pass CD Lamb's incomplete. Okay, left, right, over the middle, what? Was it defensed? Was it overthrown, underthrown? Nothing. And in the meantime, I could hear, I mean, it was funny because I could hear the lack of crowd helps with, with picking this up. I could hear like the team clap out of huddle, go to the line, and D'Angelo and, and, and Julie are one of them still talking the whole way up through the snap. So Bram doesn't have any opportunity to tell you what kind of formation is in. He did do it when he was given that opportunity, but those opportunities are rare. And it just makes for a very, it's just, a, it's, it's a clusterfuck. I understand it, okay? This is game seven of, this, of your careers doing this. And none of these guys have done radio broadcasts before. I understand that. And they were given a, they were, they were kind of dealt a bad situation. But that's probably why you should have gone with a two-person booth. You need if you're going to have a bunch of rookies in the booth, you don't need three. You only need two. Maybe should have kept old Cooley on or something. Somebody yeah. who's done this before in, in this capacity. Is is D'Angelo, if there was no COVID, would D'Angelo be on the field? Is that what we're getting? I don't I don't know. Or there is no field guy. D'Angelo doesn't bother me. Um I just think that because you have too many people fighting for airtime, that you have a lot of fat. You should and, uh, and, pit, and, and, pit. and honestly, you know, I know Julie made history with being in the booth and everything else, but it's too much. They she, don't they don't know when to, they don't time anything at all. You should tweet her and tell her. They're open for fan criticism. There's a reason why I don't have Twitter. Y'all think I'm mouthy here. Can you imagine <laughs> if I had Twitter? Yeah. I mean, mad caps on everybody. <laughs> Block. <laughs> All right, Ellie, you had something you want to talk about too, about um opinion of uh of something. Yeah. 
I was just looking up to see comments on social media about the broadcast and I gave up. Um, yeah, I was just curious for you guys. Like, did the performance yesterday change your opinion? Because we've been very critical of Scott Turner so far this season. And did did the game yesterday start to change those opinions for you, Steve? We'll start with you, and I want to hear Phil's thoughts. Yeah, too. I don't know if it holistically changed. It made me kind of perk up because I feel like he did what he's supposed to do, and that's take advantage of a of an advantageous situation, a bad Dallas defense. The real true test is – you know, can can he can he call that game against Pittsburgh on December sixth, right? Number one of the number one defense in the NFL. Can he call that game against San Francisco the week after? I'm not really worried about Dallas. I got to look at Detroit and Cincinnati. I haven't gotten that far, but can he do that against a really good defense? I think everyone can do that against Dallas. I mean, the Giants scored 34 points against Dallas. So no, holistically, has not changed my opinion. I I like what I saw. But one game of seven, you know, uh, uh, opinion change does not make in my Yoda voice. That's what I got. By you, Phil. Um, I'm still not a fan of Scott Turner. <laughs> Say this right now. Did I think that he called his best game of the season yet, yesterday? Yes. Did I do I think that the particular defense he was facing made it easy for him? Yes. But sometimes you need those gimmicks. Can you execute on them? And he, he generally did. Um, I think hopefully he takes away from this that hey, if you run the ball, it makes things better for your quarterback. Because for the first time, we saw effective play action and things like that. All these basics that we just have not seen from Scott Turner in the entire season. Hopefully, he learned from this. Hopefully, he, he, he gets better. But I'm not – do I think – has my opinion changed? No. I need to see this more than one game. It's just hard as a fan, as someone who loves this team. You, it's hard to judge. That's, that's a, you know, nice question, Ellie. It's really hard. <laughs> Is it? It's really hard to judge whether he called a good game or if the other team was just super bad. That's what I'm struggling with. Let me give. He you called some, a good game against a bad team. Let me give you some evidence that he didn't call a great game. Yep. Um, during the game, I, I put in the admin chat about that series in the red zone, right? The first Where, one? I don't remember which one it was, okay. but he threw on first down, right? When we, and I was telling you guys, he kind of forced his hand. Once you throw on first down in the red zone, you effectively are telegraphing your second play to be a run. Of course. You know and then your third play is going to have to be a pass if you don't succeed on that run. And then luckily we went forward on first, fourth down. I thought the, it was just really suspect play calling especially when you can be as dynamic on, um, you know, first down in the red zone as you can be. Um, 14 of those points were the direct result of – direct or indirect result of blown coverages by Dallas. The Terry McLaurin touchdown came from a, when the cornerback literally stopped, looked at Terry McLaurin going by him, and then just was like, whatever, have attitude. 
Great play that they capitalized on that, but I don't think that speaks to some tremendous play calling or game situation awareness by Scott Turner. The other, another touchdown came from that long blown coverage where Logan Thomas was like wide the heck open down the sideline. Nobody was nearby. He got, he took a hit at the, he took a hit at the, after he caught it, but yeah, there was nobody nearby and he floated that ball to him too. He should have, he should have zung it. 100%. I was going to just say that. Yeah. A A better throw on that play. Logan Thomas walks in on for a touchdown on that ball. But they completed the pass, and they took advantage of it. So that's 14 points out of 25 against a historically bad defense this year. So I know you can't take things away in football, but if you think about that, I mean, it's like 13 other points were – what am I saying? 11 other points were produced. Aside from that, it it, it just – it doesn't really reek to me of this game plan was overwhelmingly successful beyond what Dallas presented to you as a lack of a challenge on defense. That's all I, you know, congratulations to him for, for getting it done. I, I will say that. Yeah. Um, something else that kind of the, the ebb and flow with Kyle Allen is he has a decent game and then he falls off a cliff. I'm nervous for the next couple, one of the next couple games is, is going to be an off a cliff game. If this is the, the Kyle Allen that we know to, from his time in Carolina. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. You got to take these wins, though. They're here. You're two and five. Regardless of what you think, whether you're in the camp of we got to find a way to get better long term in the future or I just want wins right now. The Redskins yesterday did something that they haven't done since I can remember. And that's beat that bad team like we said earlier. So I, I don't want to hate on that fact. I really want to strongly congratulate them for doing that. Yep, I'm with you. And something I thought I was thinking about as we kind of wind down. So we're going into the bye week. We have a week off. What do you guys think we should be doing in the bye week? You know, in preparation, not the bye week, but, you know, they have a week off and they have, then they'll ramp back up to start preparing for the Giants game. Uh, I believe that game is in New York. So no, it's it's here. It's in DC. It is. Oh, my schedule yes. says at NYG. Okay. Um, either way. So, what do y'all think we should be doing to prepare, and, and what do we want to see coming out of the bye week for that game? That's Sunday. Sunday. Uh, I want to see Sadiq Charles have his knee put back into place. Um. <laughs> hey, whoever they brought in, I don't know who it is. Cornelius Lucas. That left tackle position was stout. First pod, Lord said. Cornelius Lucas is going to start a yeah. Ellie, Ellie was on the Cornelius Lucas band. <laughs> Dude, like I didn't see the his blind side. I saw Morgan Moses giving up stuff left and right, which Allen either ran into or he stepped up. Most of the time he, he just rolled right. But that left side was stout. I, Lucas, I, I don't know, man. You might want to look about, think about, keep let him keep that job for a little while. Because yeah. Look, I mean, if, <laughs> if he, if, if Sadiq Charles is what they think it, that he could be at left guard and then, you know, you got Lucas. I mean, you have something you can work with at least through the rest of the season. I don't see that as a long-term solution, but yeah. can it get you through 2020? Absolutely. Yeah. The O-line played well. That defense, that Dallas defensive front was healthy from what I know. Everson Griffin, Lawrence. I don't think what's his name. Um, Alden Smith. Yeah, Alden Smith got hurt uh, later in the game. Oh, did he? I mean, yeah, yeah. so I don't know if our O line played well or they just played bad. But all right, sorry if I cut y'all. What else? What else about uh, coming out of the bye break, bye week? Uh, 
What else? Um, I want to see. Uh, I mean, hopefully, hopefully they they take this opportunity to learn some things from this game that we just had on Sunday. Um, I feel like our success can breed more success. Um, and I feel like that uh, you need to keep these, these players have not given up on, on the season. And that's the interesting thing is that even at one and five, these players are, they come out in their play. Dallas's team did not come out. They were not mentally there. Washington was. And we had the worst record. So I think now that with uh, Ron having just had his last chemotherapy uh, treatment today, hopefully things come a little more into focus. We have some more clarity coming out of the bye week as far as messaging. And we have a better sense of direction as to where we're going with the rest of this season. Hopefully it's all conducive to success, whatever we're going to measure that success by. Um, I've never been one for the tanking mindset. So you'll never hear me advocate that. It's just, I, I personally cannot mentally wrap my head around that, that, that thought process. But I know some people who can, and they have logical reasons for it. But I, I just don't do it. So I'm, what I'm hoping is that, you know, if Ron really was speaking the truth when he said that he was going to go for the division, then come out of this, this bye week with some purpose, with some direction, and say, okay, the way we did against Dallas, that's what we're going to try to do every single week. And LE's going to look great because it's going to be Antonio Gibson's going to get fed 20 times a game. <laughs> Ellie, what do you want to see, man? I want to see us go back to the drawing board with the offense, take a look at why our offense is going sideways. You cannot win in the NFL like that. I'm sorry. Even, like, offenses that aren't necessarily deep dependent, like the Patriots, still go forward. You know, they run, you know, five to six-yard slants and then just get what they can get and line up for the next play. I want to see us at least do that. Let's also work Dontrell Inman completely out of the lineup, like forever. Yes. Well, okay you know, where we have time. I don't care what we got to do. Move him out of there. More, um, Cam, more Cam Sims. More Cam Sims. You know what? I sat here on this pod. What was it? The running back pod. We were arguing about this, and, I, and we talked about Cam Sims. And I said, what has he done in the NFL? Because at this point, he's crazy. He's done nothing. Last couple weeks. He still hasn't done a lot, but he got a touchdown catch. That might have been his only catch that game or maybe one other. And then last week, I think he might have had a catch or two. But it was a pretty big catch, I think. Yeah, 22 yards. Yeah, Yeah. one one catch, 22 yards. Well, but Inman wasn't really giving you much more than that. So put the kid in. And Cam, Cam was producing on special teams, too. He was laying people out. Always. I love what he brings on special teams. What the? Let's figure out what's going on with AGG. While we're at it during the bye week, yeah. bro. Like, I just, man, I don't, I don't, I didn't understand what talent he brought to the table to begin with because he wasn't a fast guy and he wasn't a great route runner. But the fact that he can't stay healthy either is concerning to me. I want to see him play. And then when he's in the game, he's like an H back. He blocks. <laughs> what, what, is, do we, <laughs> we know that he, we know that his, his 40 speed and his game speed are very similar. So his, that helps. 
why not just just shoot him deep? Don't throw yeah. him the ball. Just give the look. Let's see it. At least he'll take someone out of that picture. And I'm with you, Ali. Um, did you have anything else? You, it's good. No, we're good. Go okay. No, this just transition off what you said, shore up the offense. So Peyton Barber and J.D. McKissick had 17 touches. I would like to see those two combined get down to about 10. You know, slide those seven touches over to Gibson and submission. And I think that's a fair shake. You know, he, he uh, two-thirds to one-third, you know, some, something like that. But maybe this is a trend in the right direction. Maybe it's going there. I, I really want to see them figure out – just don't be a Jay Gruden team coming out of the bye week. Because if I remember correctly, I believe we were flat out of every bye week. Always flat. It just looked like unprepared, Terrible. just like – you had a week to prepare and this is what you script for your first 10 plays. Um, and I want to see them figure out the left tackle position. Uh, if it's Cornelius Lucas, if it's Sadiq, whatever. And I really want to know what we're going to do with strong safety. I, I mean, Landon's done. He, what does he have a ruptured Achilles torn Achilles? He's done. So what are we going to do at strong safety? What is that solution for the rest of the year? I like the shades of Everett. He's a little on the older side, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Don't quote me. No, he's 29. Okay, then, then we can let him play. For, but maybe maybe it's time to consider some growth at that position. Uh, I don't know who else. Cameron Curl. He played some. Well, you see, safety, Everett's Everett's the free. He plays well. The, he plays well enough to free. He's an upgrade over Afke. You don't want to go and try to find two safeties at this point in the season. So let Everett be at free. But I said this in the group. If the coaches don't feel 100% confident running with Cameron Curl at strong, don't be surprised if Eric Reed isn't on this roster in a week. Yeah, well, so that transitions to my final final talking point for this podcast. Let's talk about – so the trade deadline is what, week eight? Yeah, the 3rd November, I believe. So that's the bye week. So we have mm-hmm. to the end of the bye week. The 3rd is on a Tuesday. That's election day, actually. Yep. So do we buy, do we sell? And I'm, and I saw an article today that, you know, kind of sparked my, my, uh, you know, got the gears grinding in my head. The person with the most trade value on our team right now is Ryan Kerrigan. I think man's got five sacks. He's 32. He has a contract that's expiring. It sounds like a good formula for someone who's about to win or is going to make a Super Bowl run. A Chiefs, watch the Chiefs pick him up. I, I I don't know, but if you want to get something from somebody, I hate to say it because I want to see Ryan Kerrigan retire, but you could probably get a third, maybe a second if you're like probably not a second, a third. But I mean, he's got five sacks. He's leading. He's tied. I think he's tied on the team for the most sacks. So I don't know. Y'all think we'll we'll buy or sell at the uh, trade deadline, Ellie? What you think? I don't think we should be buyers at all because I don't think you invest in a two and five season. Like the only way you, you, you are buyers is if you're going to get long-term value out of the guy that you're getting. Our defense looks like it could be good for a while, right? We don't have any extremely old players that are major contributors on our defense. Um, You talked about Everett. I don't think he's a long-term guy there. I don't think we expect him to be so defensively. You know, you want to keep that intact at all costs. You cannot give up assets right now, future assets, for somebody who's going to come in to make a playoff run for a 2-5 and five team that most likely, if we do win the division, 
gets bounced against Seattle or Arizona in the first round. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't want to see that happen. Um, in terms of being sellers, yeah, I, I think, I think actually Ryan Anderson might get you a little bit more just because more in terms of a draft pick. I think Ryan Kerrigan might get you a player compensation and a draft pick back. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't know that to be true, but I just think there's a little bit. Ryan Anderson's younger. I think he's proven he can do more than what Kerrigan can do. Kerrigan can do overall. I think he's much better against the run. Um, he played out of his mind at the end of last year, too, by the way. He um, did. You know, I like, I mean, you're right. Kerrigan's probably the first guy to go and the first guy teams are calling about when they need just definitive pass rush. Um, and there's a lot of teams. The Saints tried to sign Clowney. I mean, heck, you know, they, Kerrigan might be an option for them. So who knows? Um, yeah. But those are the only two guys I think I can really see. I don't, at this point, there's been so little scuttlebutt about Dwayne. I just don't see like a trade happening now. I, I don't know about you guys, but like generally when quarterbacks get traded, you're hearing rumors about it, you know, a week before the trade deadline. There's just been nothing. So. Right. What do you think, Phil? Yeah, the, uh, the the prior predictions of Dwayne going to Pittsburgh aren't happening. Um, if they do, that's that it, it's it's somebody's being really quiet. And that's going to be a shocker in the modern NFL. Um, I, I don't think we're going to be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline. I think we're going to be looking free agency. We're going to look at somebody, like I said, I, I keep coming back to Eric Reed. I know people want to say Earl Thomas, but I think Reed would be the guy. Rivera likes Reed. Is he still on a, he, he's not, is he on a roster anywhere? No, he's a free uh, agent. So you can pick him up. Anytime, Rivera, yeah. Rivera even said that they in the offseason that if they didn't have Landon Collins already on the roster, he would have gone out and signed Reed. So take that for what you will. I don't know. Reed played last year, right? I don't know how good he was last year. I mean, he, he was out for a couple of years, he was. He was he was in, in a similar boat as Colin Kaep- Kaepernick, I believe, but I don't remember him playing particularly great. But he has talent, yeah. He's so only, that's he's, somebody that can come in and maybe do do some things for us. He's thirty, but he's twenty. He's twenty eight. He's still relatively young, and he's still relatively young too. I just remember he was out a year or two, right? Yeah, he. Well, I don't know. He he started in San Francisco, came to Carolina. San Francisco thirteen to seventeen. Carolina eighteen nineteen. That's um, right. He, 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 he came in like yeah, he right was, before the season started. Yeah, because remember, Kaepernick was stumping for him because That's nobody right. would sign him. And Kaepernick yeah, was like, oh, yeah. you're getting blackballed. Then he got signed. He said, I'm still not going to stop. Pro-. Yeah, that whole He started 16 games last year, six pass deflections, one forced fumble, 130 tackles, four sacks. So, yeah, that's a box safety right there for you. I mean, why not? Yeah, I guess it depends on what I mean, it, what you it know, cost. I know that's – he, he's definitely more politically minded than a lot of the players on this team. And the fact that this team has kind of got a, a really, there isn't a lot of ca- a controversy with the players on this team. Like, you know, you have controversy with play, but nobody's out there, you know, flying off the handle, stumping for, you know, a future in politics. Eric Reed is kind of that guy. I don't know, but, but I mean, Rivera likes him. So obviously I think he'll play for Ron. Yeah. And everyone says, hey, just keep your head down and play. He may do it. 
Lord knows this fan base gets divided about everything. We don't, we, you don't want to do that some more. But um, at the same time, you know, like I said, I remember him being talented. I just didn't remember seeing much of him last year. And uh, obviously we played Carolina and he didn't make much of an impact in that game because yeah. we were all over him. But, um, you know, I know the kid's talented. He's 28. You know, if he's willing to come in for, you know, a reasonable amount of money, bring him in. Yeah, it looks like the Panthers signed him in 2018 to a one-year deal. Then they extended him, gave him a three-year extension in February of 19, turned around and cut him March of this year. So whoever the new regime in Carolina is, I don't know who it is. They must not have been feeling Rule. feeling him. Oh, yeah, Matt Rule, that's right. So I don't know. All right, fellas. And as we wind down this, the not Darius Geist pod, you guys have any shout outs before we uh, depart? Shout out to Rod Dev. It, yeah. It's definitely shout out to those two. Let's go take a look at who's been active in the pod or Hold in on, the let, group. Let me get this for a second. Let me get the mic for a second. Shout out to everybody hating on me saying that the Redskins <laughs> need better talent evaluators and the GMs sucks on a 12 and 27 team over the last three years you guys have been <laughs> to accept failure as success wake up guys expect more demand more and you'll get more that's not just football advice that's life advice deal with that <laughs> well we got rid of bruce allen so we're, we're, we're improving <laughs> i know no, what you mean but i like i said i i i like I, Elliot and I had this conversation. And I understand what Elliot's saying. You know, unlike some of the other people in the group, I understand what, where he's going with that. It's just that we have the weirdest organizational structures um, because we have people who claim they're not involved in personnel. Well, in the past, Bruce Allen didn't act like he was part of personnel decisions, but he was. Um, we. Doug Williams is over here. Kyle Smith's over here. We don't have anybody in that GM role. We assume that it's Ron. And, you know, Ellie thinks that's not a vote of confidence for Kyle. I just think it's uh, Dan giving Ron a vote of confidence saying, I'm going to hand you the keys to everything football related and you're going to run it. And Ron likes having that level of control. Um, you know, Kyle Smith has a fantastic reputation around the league. There's a lot of teams that would like to have Kyle Smith. Um, but I think that Smith is has more responsibility this year. And we'll see how the draft picks and everything pan out. I mean, look, he evaluate, evaluated your boy. He also evaluated AGG. <laughs> Touche. Huh. He evaluated Chase Young. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tough evaluation. <laughs> hey, I think Bruce Allen could have drafted Bruce. Uh, um, you know, drafts are, are such a fickle thing anyway. But nonetheless, I mean, you know, we see a couple things out of Isaiah right that we like and some things we don't. I mean, this past draft, I think, is the first one that I think uh, that, that Kyle Smith got a little more of a jump out of. So, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but like I said, I kind of I'm, – I'm going to give him a little more – uh, of, of a, I'm gonna give him a longer leash just because of the fact that this is the first time he's been operating without Bruce Allen above him. So your shout out to Kyle Smith is that what you're saying? Shout out Kyle Smith, <laughs> made me look good. Real quick, let me. Sorry, I'm gonna get yeah, real, no, go for it. Pick one, Chase Young. Good pick. 
We agree. No, yeah, no brainer. Of course. Antonio Gibson was our second pick in round three at 66. It was a good pick so yeah. far. Same. No. Okay. It was an okay pick so far. Yeah. We think he has potential. He had a good game against a bad team. Has it justified a third round pick for a running back at this point? No, it hasn't yet, but yeah. we'll see. We'll see because running backs come in and they do well from the start period. And that this is probably an indictment on Scott Turner, whatever. Yeah. Sadiq Charles. That pick has not been justified yet because he's played two plays in the NFL to this point. Two. Gandy Golden, moving on. Whatever, dude. Keith Ishmael. Haven't heard his name once. You know what I'm saying? I follow follow on Instagram, though. It seems like a good dude, straight up, (laughs) you know? But uh, Kaliki Hudson, what? Where's he he been? I heard his name. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Cameron Curl. We like this pick. He seems to play well in the spots that he's given. Sixth round? Sixth round? Seventh round pick. Seventh round. Hey, he's, he's seen the field, too, so that's that's value right there. Yes, sir. James Smith-Williams. I don't know who that is, bro. But I see, and it's like, I don't, those picks, this is the kind of draft we have every year where it's like these guys we think can be good, it just never seems to fully materialize. And at that point, is that a good draft? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, I feel like, though, that if that was the draft of the Baltimore Ravens or the draft of, like, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they'd be like, no. You know what I'm saying? And our standards should not be our past drafts. Our standards should be what the excellent teams in the NFL do. That's my right. point. We, we set our standards to what our prior history was, and that's not the right way to evaluate things. You can't evaluate success only based on what you have done when you've been in a failure for 20 years. Where are you going to go? Yeah, your bar your bar is down here. Sir. I will I will note that if I'm not mistaken, Kyle Smith had a lot to do with uh getting that Montez getting us traded back into the first round the previous year to get Montez sweat. Um he I remember he got a lot of notoriety for that. Like he had some, he, I don't know what he had to do with it, but his name was all over that particular one. Uh so I mean, yeah, there's there's moves like that you gotta consider too. Yeah, but I mean, it's weird he, because we never have a single point man for anything. So you don't know really who deserves credit for what. That's true. That's a problem with our organizational structure. It sucks. Why? And I still I told you, I, I, I said this in our group chat. So, so everybody understands the inside baseball here. I have a bachelor's degree in organizational uh, management. I would love to get a hold of a Washington football team uh, organizational flowchart. Because I bet you, first of all, you'd have like, to give me three days to get over the insane uh, um, uh, migraine reading that would give me. Because I know that it's all kinds of ass backwards. But then I would like to, you know, take a crack at trying to make it more streamlined myself for their own sake. Do you guys remember in the off season when they were like, is Kyle Smith going to be the GM or is he going to go? What other teams would like Kyle Smith? And then Ron Rivera was like, well, making Kyle Smith the GM is not up to me. That's really Dan's call. And Dan and I have to talk about it. He was like, what? And <laughs> No, it's not. This is a, a, a coach-centered organization or whatever Dan Snyder said, right? And then it was like after the draft, he was like, well, if Kyle Smith, or at least we all had the impression, if Kyle Smith does well, he'll become the GM after the draft. He didn't become the GM after the draft. I don't know. Right. It's weird, man. Like, you know. And we said this about Haskins. We said this about some other players. 
their signs, man. This team is really messy with stuff like this. So when you see little stuff like this, you tend to be able to believe it. I don't know what that means. I just know Ryan Rivera doesn't seem to have really committed to Kyle Smith as his primary personnel evaluator over himself. And that bothers me because we talked about in the offseason with the name change. Ron Rivera should not be doing that player right. wise. His GM in, in Carolina was Dave Gettleman, you know, and, he, and Dave Gettleman does some weird things, but New York's actually playing pretty decent for that roster that they have with the injuries they sustain there. I don't know why all of a sudden Ron Rivera's got to like, I got to sign off on every move that you, I don't know. It's weird to me. That's all I'm saying. I think that's he, it's, it's coach centric. And we just don't know, right? Whatever the he, hell that means. He, he could be making $30 million a year. We have no idea. That, Steve, you have no idea how much that bothers me that we don't know length of his contract and the amount of his contract because we don't know what his expendability is. You know what right. I'm saying? He, he, he could have I've never John, heard, he of, a, I've never heard of this deal. before either. He could have yeah. he could be a, a uh, he could have owner stick owner stick uh, yeah. a stake and ownership in the team and we wouldn't know like John Gruden. He got ten. John Gruden got ten years. Then they with the Raiders. Ten, ten years and a share of the team. <laughs> I didn't know that. So, yeah, yeah. He did. Now imagine like if Dan Snyder gave Ron Rivera a ten year contract. I would be livid first of all because he's not really no Super Bowls. He went to one, but he's been basically a five hundred, a little bit over five hundred coach ever since. Or you know, in his time. So I don't know, man. I want to know. Do I do I hear Dev saying he's Jeff Fisher? Do, do <laughs> yes, you do. But yeah, Phil, you're right. We've never seen a, a secret coach contract before. This is just weird. I, I I would love to work human resources for this franchise. Actually, no. I maybe not. I may kill myself. But I mean. <laughs> As someone who 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 has education in this field, like just from a pure business standpoint, it fascinates me because it's I it's like I don't understand where you're going at something with some of these things. Just in the pure who answers to who. Spiderwebs. I have one more. I have a couple shout outs. Um, shout out to my my buddy Ryan Shanahan, lifelong friend. He's not very active in the group. He he pops up every now and then, but. Uh, I know he's listening. He subscribes. Appreciate it. And uh, shout out to DK Metcalf. <laughs> I don't know if y'all saw that play. Yes, sir. My goodness. Phil, did you see it? No. I, Russell, they were on, about Seattle was on the goal line. He, he, Russell Wilson threw kind of a floater off to the right pylon. Mm-hmm. And the – uh, Buddha Baker just ran up and got it. Oh yeah, okay, okay, I did see that. And then, yeah. and then DK Metcalf, he just kind of hesitates for a second, and then you just see him just going full speed, and he catches him. I don't know, like at the ten, the other yeah, call him like ten or the eight or something that, like that. Yeah, I saw that, that. catch up speed was just out of this world. That dude's like what six three. Yeah, and he's God. not tiny either. We, we, <laughs> no, yeah. When, when can we get someone like that on our team? When can we find someone to evaluate some talent like that? I mean, didn't we? What round did DK Metcalf go in? He was the first, first rounder. First rounder. I think he was 14 overall, which is why he wears 14 on his jersey. I could be mistaken okay. about that. I don't. Yeah, I don't get too far off tangent, but yeah, that, I had to give him a big shout out, man. That's just that that was very Daryl Green esque. Love uh, to see that. 
Do you guys yeah. agree that he's like the next Megatron? I've heard him start to be called. Megatron. Hey, that's what I call. I called him that uh, earlier this year. I'm like, was that just, you? He, okay. Yeah, he just has the, all the characteristics that Calvin Johnson had. Except it might be a little faster, but he's a little faster. He's not quite as big. Johnson was what six four, six five, yeah. um, and just he played that height. Metcalf is just physical; like he just bullies corners. Yeah, I've watched him another, play. So we give another shout out to Dev. He just texted us saying he he misses us. So shout out to you, Dev. Working night shift. We'll get you on the next one, bud. All right, fellas. Well, let's close out the uh, the not Darius guys pod. And uh, we'll be back on Thursday evening, and we'll do a – actually, I, I don't know. Well, that's to be determined. There's bye week this week. There's no pregame. There's no uh, nothing to preview. So we'll, we'll figure that out if we're going to do that or not. Uh, maybe we just make it a uh, raw and uncut recording of whatever. First half of the season review. Uh, there you go. Go back <laughs> and like that. go back and review all the terrible uh, comments we, we predictions we made about all of our uh, that would be awesome. so far because that, I've been having, I've been having fun do. doing that. That we need to do. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that. All right, fellas, it's been real. We'll uh, we'll see you next go around. All right, peace, peace.